W5 tomorrow, this is a part of what you will see and hear. They were trying to get a confession out of me. And what sorts of things were they saying to you? What kind of sick bastard would rape his mother and then kill her? Wow. What kind of story is this? W5 host and managing editor Avery Haynes. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. This sounds like a James Patterson novel. It is, uh, you know, when you think of wrongful convictions in this country, a couple of names come to mind. Uh, David Milgaard, uh, Stephen Truscott, Geek Paul Moran. Uh, Greg Parsons is not a name that most Canadians uh, have heard of, nor do they know about. And yet th what this man has endured, Jerry, uh, goes beyond uh, anything that I've, I've experienced before. Uh, so, you know, he's from St. John's, Newfoundland. This all happened back in 1991. He made the horrific discovery of his mother, um, brutalized in her bathroom and within eight days was charged with first-degree murder and went on to be convicted of second-degree murder uh, because of a trial that was solely based on gossip and and an unfortunate song that he wrote with a bunch of buddies as a sort of 15 16 year old uh, all loving heavy metal he wrote a song called kill your parents with a bunch of his friends and uh -huh. when the jury uh, heard that song be played in court the people i interviewed said you could see right then a conviction was in the cards he wrote that song when he was a teenager how old was he when he was sitting there as the accused 19 Oh. 19 years old. And so he's in the throes of the grief over losing his mother at the time, thinking this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, little did he know that just days later, he would not only be suffering from the grief of that, but also um, be you know, charged and then eventually convicted of the crime. You've made a very strong statement here, though, Avery. You just said, based on gossip. There was not one piece of forensic evidence that was uh, entered. It was all, uh, there were 45 witnesses, and they were all people from the community coming forward and testifying. Oh, I think he had a bad relationship with his mom. I mean, going through the court transcripts is fascinating. It was um, on appeal, you know, it was, there was appeal that was launched, and the appeal was granted because of, uh, because it was just so outrageous that a conviction could come down based solely on, on hearsay evidence. Well, but it got turned around. What took place that, you know, usually when we say, well, we got the guy and he got a fair trial, whether it was fair or not, he got a trial and he was convicted and everybody goes on to the next thing. This is why we had to turn this into an hour. We were initially going to have this be a half-hour piece. There's so many turns in this. Just days before he's set to go to trial for his second trial, uh, new D DNA evidence was uh, resubmitted because of advances that were made in, um, in technology. And they recognized that uh, it was not him. It was, in fact, another person. And a whole new investigation was launched. Really, uh, it was such a cliffhanger for him because he was preparing for another trial. And instead, not only was he cleared, he was given an apology by the, by the government of Newfoundland, by the justice system. And then the hunt was on for uh, who the real killer was. And the controversial Mr. Big Sting was used, along with DNA evidence, to capture uh, the real killer. And we have access, it's never before been broadcast in Canada, to the Mr. Big Sting. And if you're, for those who aren't familiar, it's a very controversial police tactic that's actually only allowed in Canada. Um, and, you know, there are concerns that it sort of entraps people, but a police officer, it's a, it's a 
very elaborate undercover sting where the police uh, pretend to be a part of a crime syndicate and they lure the person who they're trying to get a confession out of into their fold, offering them some great big job that's going to give them all kinds of money. But in exchange, they have to confess something in order to prove that they're trustworthy to be part of this under underground uh, syndicate. To confess a and crime. To confess a crime. And the, it is just absolutely uh, riveting to watch this tape as you see the police officers with cameras all set up secretly in this hotel room. They bring the suspect into the room and talk about what they what they want him to do. And what they're trying to get him to do is commit another mur- to commit a murder. But first they have to know that he's got what it takes to kill somebody. And you can watch... Um, um, you can watch uh, Brian Doyle is the man who was eventually captured. You watch him bragging about the murder, bragging about the sounds of the death gurgle, um, about stepping over her body and taking a shower, um, and then going and then going home. And so he was. Uh, this Brian Doyle was eventually uh, convicted and um, has been in jail for the better part of two decades now. He's uh, just now out on a three-month sort of trial for a rehabilitation program when he can then apply for full parole. But Greg Parsons feels as though justice hasn't been served, and it's only recently, and I'm going to leave it as a bit of a cliffhanger, for years nobody knew what the motive for this crime was. And it's only recently at his latest parole hearing that the, the motive for the crime was revealed. And Greg says that in itself is evidence that uh, this man has not been rehabilitated. And he said, I don't want to be the person to say, I told you so, when he commits uh, a murder when he's released. All right. Uh, well, I don't blame you for leaving the cliffhanger. You want people to watch W5. I get that. Uh, but, uh, but Greg Parsons, how is he doing? Uh, you know, sitting across from him uh, in in St. John's, he's a, a fire captain. Um, he has a son who's just joined him in the fire academy as well. You look at this man and wonder, how can you uh, endure as much as he's endured? The, the, the young woman who he was dating at the time, uh, when he just made the discovery uh, of his mother, was with him. And this, in some ways, is the most extraordinary love story as well, Jerry, because they have stayed together through all of this, through the community. He was out on bail pending uh, the trial, walking around in the eyes of the of the community, a convicted murderer. Mm-hmm. He said he was tortured by police, you know, harassed by them uh, for years until the DNA evidence cleared him. But the fact that this woman stood by him, the love that they have, he is uh, an extraordinarily strong man who uh, hopes that, that sort of getting his story fully out in this one-hour documentary will finally bring him some some peace and feel as though he's been able to fully tell the story of the injustice against him and the search for justice for his mother. That's tomorrow's W5 host and managing editor, Avery Haynes. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jerry.